coming up. And you might say, well, that's a good thing. They was concerned about them. But it wasn't God thing. It wasn't the way God thinks about the people. Because God told them, Jesus told them, no, you feed them. Don't send them away. And, then, and there's sometimes in our lives that we're sending people away. And Jesus was saying, no. Take care of them. Minister to them. You do it. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. God has created all humankind to become. Have you considered who and what you are becoming? Here's Pastor Robert with the final part of the message, We Are Becomers. Peter, that's all he needed. Some of some of what's holding some of us back is that we're looking for all this we're looking for an essay. We're looking. And, and Jesus already gave us a word. And it was a real simple word. Maybe just one syllable, like for Peter. All Peter heard was come. So he got out the boat and he walked. Y'all, y'all. <laughs> he walked on the water. Do y'all get this? He literally, actually walked. On the water. And it it was because God said, Jesus said, come. Come to the power. And that's all Peter needed. And he came and he walked on the water. He experienced the power of God. Walking on water. What is it that we might not be experiencing? that God wants us to experience. And it's only because we haven't said yes to his bid to come. And that's the only reason we ain't experiencing it. Not because we can't, it's because we won't. We won't say yes. All he said was come. And Peter got out. That's what coming to the power looked like. So I want to challenge you. I really want to challenge you because I believe that God wants his power to be reflected in every single of our lives. All of our lives. It's not not just mine. He wants to demonstrate his power in your life. So the question is, what has God given you permission to do that you haven't moved on? And he says that I'm going to give you the power to do it. I share with y'all and I share with you again. And when I was sick in the hospital, God gave me, spoke to me when I was down. He spoke to me and one of the things he said was don't be afraid. Don't let the not enoughs hold you back. I put, in, I put in you already everything you need to do what I want you to do. And it was very clear to me. And I didn't need to hear it again. And I remind myself about what he said. And I say it to you for the third, fifth, fourth, sixth, seventh time. I don't know how many times I tell you because I'm going to keep telling you because I'm really talking to me. You understand what I'm saying? I'm really talking to myself so that I won't forget what God said. He says, Robert, don't be afraid. 
because he know I was letting fear hold me back. He said, don't let the not enoughs hold you back because he know I was letting not enoughs hold me back. He says, I've already put in you everything you need to do what I've called you to do. And so I'm not telling you for me, for you, I'm telling you for me. I got to tell myself this from time to time because it gets tough sometimes. And he just told Peter to come. He experienced the power. The third thing that we have to do to become what Jesus wants us to become is see, write this down, commit to the process. Commit to the process. Mark 1.17 goes on and keeps reading. Again, it's all in the foundation is in what he said. He says, then Jesus said to them, follow me. I will make you become, he says. I will make you become. He's saying it's a process. <laughs> it's a process. It's a becoming. That's why the title of this, this sermon, this series is we are becomers. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. So you have to, I have to commit to the process. Finish the process. Stay with him through the process. You got to commit to the process. And this is what it doesn't look like. This is what committing to the process. Write this down. Not committing to the process looks like earthly minded Peter. Not committing to the process looks like earthly minded Peter. Matthew 16, 21 through 23, it says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Jesus just gave them, which he did from time to time with his disciples. He just gave them the gospel. He gave him the gospel right there. It hadn't happened yet, but he's telling him it was going to happen. He says, they're going to kill me, but I'm going to get back up. Gave him the gospel. Look what happened after they received the gospel. Oh, Peter. Peter, verse 22, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Y'all, y'all, <laughs> you get this in, get this now. Get this. Peter is rebuking the Lord. Oh, that, oh, that didn't work for you? <laughs> Peter is rebuking God. <laughs> Y'all, he's rebuking God. God just told him what's going to happen. And he said, oh, God, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> now, now, don't laugh too much because some of, we've at some point in our lives have said, God, it ain't going to happen. No, in our own little way, we've said, God, it ain't going to happen. God says, um, uh, I will never leave you or forsake you. And then there's been times in your life, in my life, where we thought God was gone. Y'all know it. You know it. Just admit it, that you thought God had left. It's like, God, where are you? you know, no, but God, God already said, I ain't going to never leave you or forsake you. So Peter's not by himself in, in denying what God said. We've done it too. Imagine this. Jesus just gave them the gospel. The gospel just gave them the gospel. <laughs> right? And, and Peter took the gospel aside. He said, gospel, let me come over and let me talk to you a little bit. Look, look what he said. He said, he said he took him to the side. And then it reads on. It, <laughs> it reads on. It says, it says here, he says, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. And this is what he said to him. Never, Lord. 
He said, he said, never, Lord. God just told you something will happen. You said, God, that ain't going to happen. And then not only it ain't going to happen, it's never going to happen. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's never going to happen. He said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Y'all get this? See, this, this is what committing to the process doesn't look like. When God says something's going to happen, it's going to happen. You may not like it. You may not want it to happen. But God is saying it's part of the process, though. It's part of the process, my brothers and sisters, that you're going to have some bad days. Do we want bad days? No, I don't want bad days. But I know that I'm going to have some bad days. And it's, and it's a part of the process. Because God tells me in Romans 8, 28 that he's he going to take all things and work it for my good. Right? Some of the bad days I'm going to have are going to be because of me. <laughs> it ain't going to be because of nobody else. It's because I, I did something dumb. And so I'm having a bad day because I was dumb today. Right? And so, and, but God is still going to take that and work it for our good, the Bible tells us. So Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. And then he gives him clear explanation on what it was, what was wrong with what he said. He says, you are stumb a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Real clear. So if we don't want to be like Peter, all we got to do is think, man, it's, I'm thinking from a human perspective or I'm thinking about the concerns of God. That's all we got to do. Just measure up, measure up our thoughts and actions in those lines because that's what was Peter's problem. He told him clearly what his problem was, and this is what was keeping him from committing to the process that you were thinking about human concerns, not the current concerns of God. And so it hindered you from committing to the process. So that's what it, committing to the process doesn't look like. Let me tell you what it does look like. Same guy. Write this down. Number two, committing to the process looks like eternally minded Peter. It looks like eternally minded Peter. John 6, 67 through 69, it says, Jesus asked him after many of the folks who was following him left him and never came back. Jesus says to the 12, you, uh, you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Is that not a commitment to the process? Where he says, you're going to leave too? Everybody just, else just left. The crowds are leaving. And Jesus says to them, y'all 12 going to leave too? Jesus says, to whom we going to go? You know, I didn't really understand what you just said either, Lord, but ain't no way. Who else I'm going to go? Who else I'm going to drop my nets for? You know what I mean? Who else I'm going to follow like that and give up everything for? And he goes on and says, you have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. In other words, there's nowhere else to go. Notice how Peter is eternally minded. He says, I don't know where else to go, and I, but I do know you have words that are eternal. Now he's being eternally minded. Remember, Jesus criticized him for being earthly minded before. 
Now, in this case, he's being eternally minded. And this saying, this says that I'm committed to you, even though some are not. I'm going to walk with you anyway. That's what committing to the process looks like, being eternally minded. And understand this, whether we're earthly minded or eternally minded, it will determine how we respond to difficult situations in our life. Because that was a difficult situation for Peter when he rebuked God. He was like, you the best guy I ever met. You ain't going to die. And Jesus said, no, I am. So that, understand, that was, that was hard. That was tough news to hear. You know, for Peter to hear that Jesus says they're going to crucify me, it was tough. that was hard to hear. Just like some things for us, it's hard to hear. But if we're eternally minded, we can process it well and respond to it well, not earthly minded. So we must commit to the process. So, again, the first thing we got to do to become what Jesus wants us to become, which is fishers of people, is comply with the proposition. Second thing is come to the power. Third thing is to commit to the process. And the fourth thing is to write this down. D, connect with people. Connect with people. Again, Mark 17 goes on and says, then Jesus said to them, follow me. I will make you become fishers of men. So the whole idea of fishing for men or fishing for people means you can't catch them if you don't connect with them. You can't catch them if you don't connect. So we got to connect with people. And let me show you what it doesn't look like. <clears throat> Number one, write this down. Not connecting with people looks like the get away from me disciples. I, I use that as an adjective, y'all. <laughs> That's what it looks like, the get away from me disciples. Look what the text says, Matthew 14, 15. As the evening approached, the disciples came to him, to Jesus, and said, this is a remote pl place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Okay. So these folks been following Jesus all day. It's getting late. And, you know, it looks like a, a good thing that the disciples are being concerned about the people and saying, you know, they've been here a long time. We know we need to let them go home so they can go get something to eat. It don't sound like a bad thing, right? It's like, right? And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it wasn't a God thing. See, see, that's the thing. That's something that trips us up in life. <laughs> there are some things that in this life and in this world, they're good things, but they're not God things. Because that's not how God thinks. In this case, they were thinking about the people in some respect. And you might say, well, that's a good thing. They was concerned about them. But it wasn't God thing. It wasn't the way God thinks about the people. Because God told them, Jesus told them, no, you feed them. <laughs> Don't send them away. And, then, and there's sometimes in our lives that we're sending people away. And Jesus was saying, no. Take care of them. Minister to them. You do it. You do it. So that's what it doesn't look like. 
Don't send them away. I want to tell you a quick story. When I, when, I, when I first started going to the convalescent hospital, a few of my friends, was, they was telling me, Rob, you should come, man. You, it'll bless you. It'll bless you. And so I said, yeah, well, I'm coming. Y'all say it's going to bless me. I know it's going to be good, so I'm coming. Yeah, with the Rosa Sharon group at Bethel Baptist. Yeah. And we used to go to convalescent hospital. And my first time there, as soon as I walked in the door, there was a stench in the air. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It was a stench in the air. And smelled good. Saw the patients. They weren't clean. Food. And it seemed like still some feces maybe on them. They weren't clean. They, they weren't healthy. So we announced over the loudspeaker that we're going to be having service in the, in the meeting room. And then they start coming out of their rooms, and some on wheelchairs and walkers trying to get to the room. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And then we get in the room, and then we, we pray, and we sing. Then we start singing some familiar songs, and then they start singing along because they knew them, because they had some church in them. Y'all understand what I'm saying? When we give them a word, some of them cry while we reading scripture and teaching. Stench in the air. I could have easily said, oh, this is too much. Ah, oh, I can't take this. But no, I was hooked. I felt like I was walking in the shoes of Jesus, bringing good tidings to people who were hurting, needing some comfort, needing to hear a word. I could have easily said, well, get away from me. You smell. You don't look healthy. I don't want to catch what you got. But no, I shook their hands and hugged them. Because it's about connecting with people. So the disciples said, get away. Send them away. And Jesus said, no, you feed them. That's what it doesn't look like. Number two, write this down. Connecting with people looks like engaging Philip. It looks like engaging Philip. In the book of Acts, the spirit, it says here, Acts 8, 29 through 30, the spirit told Philip, go to the, that chariot and stay near it. Get this, the spirit said, Philip, go to the chariot, stay near the, stay near the chariot. Philip goes, it says that then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading the Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet. So now the spirit says, go to the chariot and stay near the chariot. Philip runs in obedience to the spirit and goes by the chariot. And while he goes by the chariot, he hears the man reading the book of Isaiah. Isaiah. 
Then Philip said, well, Spirit, what do you want me to do now? No. That's not what Philip did. Look what the text says. Philip opened his mouth. He said, do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. I mean, I mean, I mean, make sure you're walking with me again. The spirit tells Philip, go near the chariot. Philip runs, gets near the chariot, obedient to the spirit. Then he hears the man reading. Spirit didn't say nothing. You know why? Spirit didn't have to say nothing. Because it was already in Philip. He didn't need an okay to ask the man, do you understand what you are reading? He, he didn't need to pray about it. He didn't need to ask God, should I give him the gospel? You, know, you ain't got to ask God whether or not you should give anybody the gospel. <laughs> Philip didn't need that. He just, he just said, do you know what you're reading? And the story reads on that Philip told him, oh, he explained to him what he was reading. And the man ended up asking, can I get baptized? And there was some water there and Philip baptized him at that, at that moment. Not because the spirit said, go do it, but because the spirit was in him. He was already told what to do. Already given permission to connect with people. You don't need God's permission. He already gave it to you. Connect with people. And somebody got saved. Because Philip let what was in him flow out of him. And he wasn't waiting for more instruction because he didn't need more instruction. That's what connecting with people look like. It should be in us already to connect with people and to let what God has put in us flow out of us when we see an opportunity to do it. So how do I become a fisher of men? Jesus told us. He says, I will make you to become a fisher of men. And the breakdown of that is comply with the proposition, come to the power, commit to the process, and connect with people. God bless you. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I've made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God, and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, 
visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. Can't nobody encourage like God can. Now, part of the problem we have is that we're not always paying attention when God is trying to encourage us. Sometimes we miss it. But I just want you to know throughout this series, I want to make very clear to you, if you don't understand yet, that God is the great encourager. Can't nobody encourage like him. And so we need to be in tune with God's movement, God's speaking, so that we can sense and know when he's encouraging us. Thank you for listening.